TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is, is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That is how you hop aboard on this Friday night. NFL picks, guess the takes. We'll throw together a same-game parlay with our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook coming up in about a half hour. And Tucker and I will try to guess game for game, time for time, next weekend in the playoffs. We tried to do this exactly last week, and I believe that was an 0 for 6. And the, the Steelers not getting in, I think, really threw the whole television thing off. That's just I'll just blame it on, on Joe Flacco. But either way, we'll try again in a little bit here. Right now, though, let's go out to the guest line and talk to Connor Orr of Sports Illustrated as we get set for Wild Card Weekend and get his thoughts on the Eagles as they have a week of rest here before playing next week in the division round. Connor, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Doing well, and uh, it's funny, Connor. We're doing well. We're waiting on the Eagles to play next week, but the, the bye week is actually just a week where everyone just gets nervous, and we have Jalen Hurts' shoulder now to be nervous about. What, what is your your perception, your read on this? I mean, he got hurt against the Bears. He missed two games. He came back, and it was an intentional, I think, kind of scaled-back game plan. They didn't ask him to run at all. He avoided contact. He got through it. And now we're wondering, can he be himself a week from now? What's your feeling on, on Hurts right now as we get ready for the playoffs? I think he can be himself, but I think even if he can't, the beauty of what the Eagles have designed for themselves is an offense that can really be anything on any given week, right? I mean, they've had success in 13 personnel just running the ball down people's throats. And I think, you know, just based on the competition that they'll face early in the uh, NFC playoff field, I think they will be able to do that, even if Jalen comes in and says something like, hey, you know, my shoulder's still banged up. You know, I can't go, you know, medium deep here. Um, and I, I think that they've allowed themselves, they've built in the capability to be able to perform that way. So I, I agree with you. And they've had games this year where they run it a lot. He's running a lot. Also games where he's been more just of a pocket passer and they've won that way. But as the postseason goes along, Connor, let's say an NFC championship game against the Niners or a Super Bowl, I, my fear is if, if they can't have everything in their bag of tricks, it will come back to get them. Like last week in a weird game against the Giants, they were one of five in the red zone. And I thought it was pretty it was pretty obvious the Giants knew he wasn't going to run, and if there was no threat of him running, they became easier to defend. As we go through this thing, do you think they need the full arsenal of Hurts to win a Super Bowl? Yes, yeah, because, you know, it's not only, you know, the zone read and the RPROs, you know, that they run that not a lot of other teams can do. I mean, that's, that's the baseline for everything. Just the idea that he might leave the pocket is the baseline for that entire offense. And, you know, that's true of Jalen, but that's true of, I mean, I would say 60% of the quarterbacks in the NFL right now where 
if there's no threat of them leaving the pocket, they become incredibly painfully one-dimensional. And I think, you know, the Eagles have done a great job of masking that to some degree, but you're right. I mean, if there is, you know, the draws that they've done this year have been artful. To the, like, he, he runs those better than any quarterback of the NFL. If, if that is out of your arsenal, I think, you're in trouble, but maybe not until the NFC Championship game. Connor, yeah, and Connor, let's talk about the other side of the ball. I'm, I'm curious your perspective, a national perspective on it. We Here in Philadelphia, Jonathan Gannon is not the most liked coordinator, and I, I think it's mostly because his style is more passive than aggressive. He doesn't blitz, and this is a town that once had Jim Johnson, once had Buddy Ryan, and he just he doesn't mesh with the fans here. Yet, I, I Connor, I look at the results. I mean, the results are they were number one in the NFL in yards per play allowed, and they had 70 sacks this season. What do you think about this Eagles defense as we enter the playoffs? I think blitzing is, I mean, just look at the trend numbers, right? The Bengals last year made the Super Bowl, and I think they blitzed 10% of the time, which was the lowest figure in the NFL. The Ravens got rid of Don Martindale because, Wink Martindale because he was blitzing too much. And, the, you know, Ron Rivera said this at the Combine to me a couple of years ago. He's a 33% guy, um, 33% blitz rate, and I think he's of the old guard right now. Nobody is blitzing now because the only way to slow these quarterbacks down is to put a cap on the defense, right? You play too high and you let your four pass rushers get a shot at the quarterback. That's how, all the, that's how every team is doing it right now. And I don't see that changing for the foreseeable future because if you blitz, you get gutted, and defensive coordinators don't want to get gutted. All right, let's get to the matchups this week, and I agree with you, Connor. It's, it's the way it's, – it's almost like we're, we're catching up to the rest of the NFL here, and I think Gannon's done a good job. Uh, let's go to tomorrow, Connor. We get a, a divisional matchup, the Niners and the Seahawks. Um, look, the Niners are really good, and I won't be surprised if – if they're here in a couple of weeks for an NFC Championship game. Yet, I, I, my antenna's always up when it's a rookie quarterback in the playoffs and, and one with very little experience, Brock Purdy. It's going to be rainy out there tomorrow. Any any thought this game could be close, or do you think this is a, uh, a clear Niners day tomorrow? I don't know. I mean, they just looked like they were in completely different weight classes when they played a couple of weeks ago, and the Seahawks did get that late touchdown to make the score seem a little bit closer than it was. All that being said, right, Seattle does have some of the very basic components to make this game difficult if they wanted to. They have an aggressive uh, cover corner. They have a really good running game, and they have a quarterback who can run the offense. And, you know, I don't think that's going to be enough. You know, I have the 49ers going to the Super Bowl. I think they're going to just kind of walk through a lot of the NFC until they hit Philadelphia, but you never know. Like you said, Brock Purdy, in my mind, super experienced four-year starter in college makes up for some of the issues um, that a rookie is going to face, but you never know. I mean, weather and one bad snap, and all of a sudden I think the, the, the game changes. Tomorrow night should be a fun one in Jacksonville. Justin Herbert and the Chargers, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars, um, the two quarterbacks that everyone seems to have fallen in love with over the past couple of years. Now they go head-to-head. I like the Chargers, but the Mike Williams injury obviously is a big blow to them and their chances to make a big run here. What do you think on this game? Uh, you know, Here in Philadelphia, we've seen Doug Peterson win as a playoff underdog many times. I took Jacksonville, and the only reason I did was because I was, I was really impressed with the win over the Titans because that was one of Trevor Lawrence's worst games of the season. And not only did he miss wide-open throws, but they had like kind of a double Philly special that went horribly awry, and they fumbled on that one. They lost a boatload of turnovers in that game, and they still find a, found a way to beat a really good head coach in Mike Frabel and Derrick Henry in a game where he was, you know, at least, you know, he got 100 yards. And so that's not an easy game to win. 
I think that they're just really young. They're athletic. They're one of those dynamic teams that you don't want to see in the playoffs if they're hot. And so that's one of those things where, you know, you kind of bet on Doug Peterson. You bet on the uh, the experience he has. And I, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to play as bad as he did a week ago again. Unfortunately, Sunday afternoon, Tua can't go, and it sounds like Teddy Bridgewater can't go. So we're down to a third-string quarterback, and uh, that could end up as one of the biggest spreads we've ever seen in the in the postseason with the Bills as you know, like basically two touchdown favorites in that game. Uh, do you think there's any chance it's close? And and kind of, do you like the seven team that gets in the playoffs? I mean, it's the Seahawks, the NFC, it's the it's the Dolphins, and the AFC. Do you like this change they made? I did it first, and then I think what the first year it was the uh, Mitch Trubisky Bears yes. in the Nickelodeon game, and I yes. said, okay, I've had enough of this. I'm, uh, I'm pretty good with the seventh seed. Uh, sometimes I do think it dilutes it, but I do think there's going to be that year where a team gets hot at the end of the season and gets rewarded for that, and I do think that we do need to make space for that because I do think you should be rewarded for playing well. Like I really would have liked to see the Steelers get in, right? I think that's a team that would have deserved a seventh seed this year, but – to your point, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just think um, it, it might be a little bit of an overkill and, and a little bit of a saturation point because sometimes these teams just clearly aren't good enough. Yeah, well, and, and this Miami team right now certainly feels like it fits that bill. Yeah, it's, it's funny, Connor. In, in each conference, there felt like a team that fit that bill and they just didn't make it with tiebreakers, with the Steelers and the AFC. And I thought the Lions and the NFC, if they got in, would have been a fun story if they made it. I would have so much rather the Lions. Um, and, you know, I, I just thought the way that they played on Sunday was really against the Packers was the way that they played all season. I mean, that is a team that, you know, just embodies their head coach. They're so much fun to watch. Their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, no one knew about him at the beginning of the season, but, you know, we were writing about this a little bit earlier in the year. I think he's the next Sean McVay. I think he's brilliant. I think he will get a head coaching job. But, man, I would have loved to have seen them try to run that back together with this team. I still think they're going to be very, very dangerous next year. We're talking to Connor Orr, Sports Illustrated. Connor, 4 o'clock on Sunday, uh, It's it's a well, it should be a very close game. We just saw it on Christmas Eve, and it came down to a long field goal at the end. The Giants at the Vikings. Kind of, it's an interesting matchup. One, we just saw it. Two, uh, they both have negative point differentials, which almost never happens in the playoffs. And it does feel like the Giants are kind of becoming the popular pick. I keep seeing everyone picking the Giants. They could win. Minnesota also found a way to win 13 games somehow this year. What do you make of this matchup? It, it probably should be a close one. I, I don't know if the, I picked the Giants. I don't know if they have the, the depth in the secondary to handle Justin Jefferson consistently. That said, we don't really see a lot of teams that rely that predominantly on one wide receiver go deep into the playoffs historically. And I mean, those Vikings teams, right, are a great example of that some, uh, some previous years too. But um, I picked the Giants just because while they have a negative point differential, I do think that they're just so good at keeping games close enough, elongating drives, keeping their defense off the field for when they need to. And in the fourth quarter, you know, these games are always within five points, right? And it just seems like, the Giants have figured out a way to win in close quarters like that. So I like that matchup. And, you know, I don't know. I, I like that Brian Dable might have something tucked away for Saquon Barkley. I think we haven't seen all of what he can do this season. Sunday night, it would have been a great matchup if Lamar Jackson had been healthy enough to play. I mean, that, that's a marquee kind of game between division rivals with uh, different style quarterbacks. But he's not, and and the Ravens are in a tough spot here. Connor, do you think this game will be close? I mean, that Ravens defense has been quite good. I just don't know how they score enough to beat Burrow. And, and what's your thought on the Lamar situation? There's, it seems like a lot of ominous stuff come out of Baltimore with quotes and things about what really might be going on. Yeah, I mean, I certainly respect a player wanting to take the narrative into his own hands and, and to reveal his own injury diagnosis, but 
when your own team doesn't agree necessarily with that diagnosis, and then you have players in the locker room coming out and saying that they think that you should be on the field, it's a tough situation. And it's one of those things where you can't really blame anybody. You understand the precarious nature of uh, the way that Lamar Jackson plays and the fact that he's due for a life-changing contract. And so you have to respect that. But at the same time, boy, is that a tough sell for the other 51 guys in the locker room who you know kind of busted their humps all season to get here. Connor, Monday night, if Chalk holds in the NFC, this will be the matchup we're all watching to see who comes through to Philadelphia. Dallas on the road, a small favorite over Tampa. Uh, I mean, this is a TV you know, executive's dream, right? It's the Cowboys and Jerry Jones, and then it's Tom Brady on the other side. I kind of like the Bucks at home. Uh, am I crazy on this? What do you think? I know they're 8-9 and nine this year, but the Cowboys just just leaking so much oil right now, it feels like. I picked the Buccaneers, but for a very specific reason. I made fun of Tom Brady so badly for going to Tampa Bay, and then I was in there, like, post-Super Bowl video of all the haters making fun of them for not believing in him. So I've I've made it a rule of thumb to just never pick against him in a game ever again. And so that's just sort of – and this might be the last one, so maybe I don't have to worry about it anymore. But I, I, I picked the Buccaneers that said I don't know how – you account for all the talent that Dallas has in. Tampa's got to play a perfect game, right? You're going to have to run the ball for five, six yards of carry. We've seen them do it a couple of times, but I don't know if this offensive line is going to be able to hold up. Great stuff. Connor, appreciate you hopping on. Enjoy uh, what should be a really fun weekend, and we'll be reading over at Sports Illustrated. Thank you, Connor. Thank you so much. There he goes. Connor Orr, Sports Illustrated there. So he didn't seem like the Eagles – he didn't think the Eagles – this first game will be the issue. It seems that was the way he framed it, that he thinks beyond this first game, uh, if Hurts isn't himself, that will be the issue. And I, I, I mean, I could see that. The one thing I brought up earlier is, you know, he, he's, had two, he's had two significant injuries in the last two years, and neither time did he come out of the game. In fact, I don't even think he went to the medical tent in either of the games. So, he, I mean, he obviously just bites his lip and plays through when he's in pain. It's afterwards that it can't be ignored. The adrenaline wears off. I... The Eagles have this kind of interesting schedule lining up right now, right? He got hurt, take two weeks off, he came back. Okay, bye week, come back. And then if they do get to the Super Bowl, there's a bye week. The sandwich game that might be the most difficult for him physically with this with this injury he's dealing with might be the NFC Championship game. It's the one spot. I mean, think about it. how many games is he going to play from the injury through the Super Bowl? How many? Four, right? Cowboys? I mean, not Cowboys. Um, Giants to end the season. Whoever they play next week, NFC title game, Super Bowl. The only one where there's no time off in between would be the NFC title game. That feels like it might be the trickiest one for them to navigate. And it just so often might be against the best defense they'll see. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of parse it out like that. It is by far the most difficult matchup. And if you are playing San Francisco, that's a defense that if you do become one-dimensional, they'll eat you alive. Yeah, well, that's the kind of game their defense would have to match them, right? They'd have to take the ball away from Purdy and... They have to win an ugly game if he's if he's not feeling well, right? Maybe he's feeling better than we think, and and they get through all this. Two one five five nine two ninety four nine four. We'll hit the All Pro team in a second here. First though, Mark in Woodbury Heights. Hey, Mark. Joe, how are you doing? Good. How are you tonight? Excellent. What do you think, Joe? He, the NFL playoffs. Yeah, you know, can't they figure out a way? Tampa Bay's what eight and nine. Mm-hmm. And they're hosting a home game because they won the worst division in football. I mean, I mean, seriously, what are you? You like Dallas? You hate Dallas? Whatever. Dallas is what? Uh, Twelve, 12 and, and five. five. Twelve and five. It's, isn't it ridiculous? 
it we, is. We, so so here's we, my we, question we, to you, and I I've thought about this a lot. I they want to they want to keep divisions rewarded for something because otherwise, if it's a bad division, four fan bases would check out in the middle of the season, right? Because they know they can't make the playoffs. And I I kind of understand that you want to keep all these fan bases engaged, and they, and that that worked in the NFC South. So would you just would you remove the Bucks from the playoffs, or would you make them go on the road? Make them go on the road, and and where do. If you're going to keep divisions and you're going to have division winners and they have to be in the playoffs, which I think is a joke, where do they match up with the other eight, um, seven teams? They would be the seventh seed, right? Yeah. So, the, so the the fairest way, and I, I do, I still like the idea of a division winner making the playoffs. So I'd keep that. But, okay. but I, I agree with your point that okay, you you get to get in, right? You you get a ticket to the dance, but then we seed it by record. So yeah, you're the seventh seed, Tampa Bay. Yeah, serious. It, is so stupid that a team, and they're not good. They are not good, Tampa Bay. And, and I, I don't, do not think they're going to beat Dallas. They're not, they're not good. And they play the, you're the last seed. You're the last seed. I don't know anybody. I think Jacksonville was nine and eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it's not fair to these teams that are winning 12, 13 games. You got to go on the road and play these chumps who's, think it's just stupid and the NFL who you know can figure everything out do this do that they can't reconfigure doesn't the NBA go by record when they see I believe they do yeah the the NBA is weird it's almost like I forget divisions even exist Mark like I know the Sixers are in the Atlantic division but I forget about it because it doesn't matter I, I just think it, it's just a it just looks so ridiculous that you have a team seven and nine hosting a fourth seed in the playoffs. It could work out for the Eagles where they upset Dallas and and they're the lowest seed remaining and they come here because I think they I think the Buccaneers stink. Well, it could work uh, out. I mean, it's kind of like um, the the Marshawn Lynch run, right? That team was seven and nine. That Seattle team and they beat the the Drew Brees. I think they were like thirteen wins or twelve wins. That that, yeah, that they team. beat the Saints. They yep. beat the Saints and they got clobbered in yep. the next round, but it's it's just it's just ridiculous. I had to get that off my chest. I mean, regarding the Eagles, I think Dallas wins. I think Minnesota wins, and I, you know, and I think San Francisco is going to win. So Dallas is going to come here in two weeks, and that's what I want. You know, I I want to play the Cowboys. I don't want to play Tampa Bay. I don't want to play the Giants. I want to play Dallas. I want to play Dallas, who's a 12-win team, who has all these marquee players and their America's team and all that other garbage, and I just want to blow them off the field. That's what I want, and the Eagles absolutely can do that. Um, so that that's my hope, that Dallas wins and all the other higher-seeded teams win, and Dallas comes here into in, um not this weekend, obviously, but next week. Yeah, we're on the same page. It'd be awesome. And Mark, I was saying, for as good of a year, great of a year as this has been, th- there's been a lack of sizzle. Like, there hasn't been that many games that we've been amped up for for a whole week, and then the Eagles delivered. It's just been the way the schedule's laid out, and early in the year, we didn't really know how good they were when that Minnesota game happened. This would be a whole week of sizzle. Like, this would be awesome would- to, to knock Jerry Jones and McCarthy back to Dallas. And they would, and the Eagles would would beat the living. You know, would you know? Granted, Hurts being healthy, um, the Eagles would beat the daylights out of them in the, in that round. So, and then and then the then the Eagles, you know, at San Francisco game would be phenomenal. So, you know that that's my hope. That's why I want Dallas, and I want San Francisco. 
show. Oh, that'd be great. Two best teams. Let's do it. Mark, you ready for explicit best history? Best. Yeah, go ahead. All yeah, right, absolutely. here we go. 2017 run. Here we go, Mark, for Mark and Woodbury Heights. It is second down and two. Brady with White to his right. Brady back again. He steps up. He's hit and falls forward. He fumbled and he fumbles the football, and the Eagles have it. It is recovered by... Yeah, it is unrecovered by... Brady fumbles and has the ball. They found the turnover. Mark, you know the play. Who picked up the ball? <laughs> Joe, seriously, you could, that is so easy. Barnett picked up the ball, but give all the credit to uh, Graham yep. for, for knocking it out. Great play. And the Eagles defense struggled that night. They struggled, but man, they came up with that play. They that needed one play. It's one. That was one of those games where one one of those defenses going to make one play. Mark appreciate it. It turned out to be Brandon Graham. Biggest play. Did Derek Burnett make a play after that in his whole career here? Did he make a play before that in his well, Eagles career? Didn't he have in the game before? Didn't he get his hand on on Keenum? He, a strip sack. I think or, he did force a fumble. Yeah, he at the made end of the first half there. He made a play in the game before, but I don't think he made a play after that. That's for sure. All right, quickly, I wanted to mention this. All pro teams came out today. We had talked about Hertz uh, being a second team All Pro quarterback. Here were the Eagles All Pros uh, when you look at the first and second team All Pro. Lane Johnson, first team All Pro right tackle. Jason Kelsey, first team All Pro center. Um, was that it for the first team? Two? Yes. Two for the first team. And the Eagles had quite a few second teamers. Jace, uh, excuse me, J- Jalen Hurts, second team all-pro quarterback. A.J. Brown, second team all-pro wide receiver. They had Hassan Reddick, second team all-pro edge rusher. And James Bradbury, second team all-pro quarterback. A couple things stood out. I know one thing stood out to Tucker, but what stood out to me was Obviously, Hurts, you know, getting in there before Burrow and Herbert, which I think if you put the odds on that before the season, imagine if there were odds on which 2020 quarterback would get an all pro nod first. It would have been Burrow at like what? Minus 1,000, you know, Herbert at minus 500, uh, and Hurts would have been like plus 2,000 or something crazy like that. So that stood out. Bradbury getting it over Slay, I think, is warranted, actually. I think over the full year, Bradbury had a better year. Than Darius Slay, although early on it was it was more Slay. So those things stood out to me. What was the thing that stood out to you, Tucker? Uh, what stood out to me is Landon Dickerson not being on the list. I, I think Joe Tooney got second team All Pro, the mm-hmm. left guard from Kansas City. I think that's deserving. I think he's been the best left guard in football, and he should have been first team. And Derek Barnett, or not Derek Barnett, um, Landon Dickerson being left off in favor of Joel Bentonio, who was the first team All Pro. I just think it's ludicrous. I think Derek Barnett did it again. I think Landon Dickerson, if you look at the numbers, he's number one in run block or run block win rate on ESPN. He's number two in pass block win rate among guards. He's allowed one sack all season, I think 14 pressures total. He's been one of, if not the best guard in football, I would put him top two with Joe Tooney. I don't know why Joel Pintonio got it over both of them, and I think it's a snub. I really do. Like I know he's not a big name like Slay. Or some of the other guys, but him not being on that list, I think, is egregious. Yeah, that one was a little surprising too uh, for me. And the other one, the other thing I thought of is I, I saw the list today. So this was J.C. Kelsey's fifth All-Pro, and if you look up there, he's the eighth center in NFL history to make at least five team All-Pros. The other seven are in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I think we knew this already, but J.C. Kelsey has just continued to pad the Hall of Fame resume. He's going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be the first. Uh, the NFL always has this log jam, and there's always like 15 guys that got to go down to seven or five. 
So I don't know how his his process is going to work. I don't know what year he's going to get in the Hall of Fame. So let's say he retires this year. What would he have to wait till the ballot of 2028? Yeah, that sounds right to me. Something like that, right? So I don't know if he's going to get in right away or we're talking about sometime in the 2030s. But he's going to the Hall of Fame. There will be a contingent of, I don't know, I don't know how many people could go, a thousand more than that, people from this area traveling out to Canton one day, and he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Are you ready to watch Eagles football without Jason Kelsey? Because I'm not. I mean, I, I, it's, it's hard, almost hard to remember it without it. Like it. It feels weird to say that about a center, but I mean, the guy's missed four games in the last decade. I got to say, and I was at the game this past Sunday, um, the Eagles-Giants game. Over the past couple of years, I, I, I went to one game last year, uh, the Charger game. I didn't go to a 2020 game. I don't even know if I can't remember how many games people were allowed to go to. Um, but so I went to one game last year, one game this year, and then whatever, how many I went to in 2019, I went to quite a few. The, the most popular, here are the three jerseys I saw the most of on Sunday. Can you guess? Jerseys I saw the most of on Sunday. Hertz? Hertz. Wentz? No. No. Kelsey and Foles and Dawkins. Dawkins and Foles are the two that I think people wear just like they're like classics. So, I mean, Foles, obviously, you know, he's a, a legend and, and Dawkins was an amazing player and a legend. But the two current players, I mean, how many te- how many cities could you go to? How many stadiums do you think you go to where the center's jersey is a primary jersey you see across the crowd? As I walked through the parking lot in the tailgate after I was on the pregame show. I, I'm seeing Kelsey jerseys all over the place. I don't know if any other team in the NFL has that. Right, there there have been some popular. I mean, Mike Webster back in the day. Unfortunately, he was kind of the face of the post concussion era in the NFL and what we didn't know and what they didn't know. He was kind of like uh, a cult hero in Pittsburgh. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe is it a Pennsylvania thing? I mean, I guess there's been some popular. So Saturday was pretty popular as a player, but like, but like you wouldn't have bought a Jeff Saturday jersey over Peyton Manning or Marvin Harrison no. or Edger and James. No, it's 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 incredible how many Kelsey jerseys are out there, and I I think we'll see those for a long, long time. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. It's how you hop board. We'll come back. NFL picks. Guess the takes. We'll put together a same game parlay across FanDuel Sportsbook, and we will give our guesses for next weekend the games, the times, the teams. Try to guess where the Eagles will be playing next weekend. Coming up next on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That is how you hop aboard on this Friday night. A football Friday here. 
and we got a lot to talk about. Um, we got NFL picks coming up. Guess the takes for Wild Card Weekend. And then we will put together a same game parlay. I'm not sure which game we should go to. I'm not sure. We, and we could also do like a cross game thing, right? Like a same game parlay plus. Yeah, they're all into those now. They're fun, right? You pick a couple legs from one game and you go to another game. I, had, I always thought it was silly that you couldn't do that. Like, why not? Like, why not? Well, I mean, I guess, you know, they, well, I, I don't know why. Maybe not. that's how they started. It's someone asked, why not? You know what? A lot of many innovations, and in, in, I think, in world history have. Just come from that question. Why not? Why, why can't we do this? So we can do it. We'll put one together over at, same, at uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. And then we have nowhere to go but up after an 0-6 week. No, not on our picks, not on, on, on bets. But we tried to guess game for game, spot for spot, time for time, the NFL wildcard weekend schedule. And Tucker and I, one week ago, actually went 0-6 on that. So we're going to try again to guess the division around schedule, teams, matchups, all that coming up. In a little bit here. But first, let's start with NFL picks. My picks for a wild card weekend across the NFL. All right, I guess the only way to do this is I got to pick all six games, right? I mean, it'd be weird to pick just four or five of the six. So let's do it. I'll give you a side I like on all six games for wild card weekend. We'll start with tomorrow. And it feels weird to say this because I know everyone loves the 49ers. And I mean, I, I respect them. They're really good. I think they're going to be here for the NFC Championship game in a couple weeks, but from a betting perspective, from a line perspective, every single trend points to the Seahawks tomorrow. Let's talk about a couple of these. Number one, Brock Purdy is a rookie quarterback making his first postseason start. It is a awful spot, an awful spot to back a rookie quarterback in his first postseason start laying nine and a half points. I mean, that is a big ask for Brock Purdy. Also, Pete Carroll, you know what he gets to be? He has to be the first coach to see Brock Purdy twice. He's got film on Brock Purdy. No one else has seen him twice. Pete Carroll, because they played five weeks ago in Seattle, has seen him already. Both of those point me in the direction of the Seahawks. The other thing I noticed, have you seen the weather for this game? We are looking at possibly 32-mile-an-hour winds and 90% chance of rain. Doesn't that just naturally lend itself to the underdog, to the team that maybe needs something weird to happen to keep it close? I think it does, and... Shouldn't of these two teams, Seattle, be the team that's used to rain? I mean, they literally live in it in Seattle. And the Niners played one game this year in a monsoon. They lost to the Bears in week one. The Bears stink. So all that's pointing me to the, to, to the Seahawks is the right side of this game. And then I saw this, which is remarkable. So in the last 20 years, 15 teams have gone into the playoffs on 10-game or more winning streaks. Those teams in their first playoff game are 2-13 and 13 against the spread. I don't know. I mean, I guess the line gets inflated because everyone's like, oh, these teams can't lose. I'm taking the Seahawks plus nine and a half tomorrow. I think it's just a lot of points for two teams that know each other well and all the signs point to Seattle being the right side. I'm on the Seahawks plus nine and a half. Game number two, I'm going with the Chargers. Now, did Brandon Staley screw up last week? Yeah, he did. And Mike Williams is going to be missed. And I love Doug Peterson. I know he's won a lot as an underdog in the playoffs. But this one comes down to the quarterbacks. I like Justin Herbert. I believe in Justin Herbert. I think he'll win the game for them. And I I just think Trevor Lawrence is still too raw for this. Last week, everyone was like, oh, the Jaguars won. They're out game by 90 yards, and Trevor Lawrence missed as open of a receiver in the end zone as you will ever see in, in a big game. I mean, he just missed him flat. And he fumbles the ball all the time. I'm going with the Chargers, minus 2.5. I think their pass rush wins the game. Game 3... I mean, I, I don't know how I lay 13 and a half with confidence, but also how could I not lay 13 and a half? 
The Miami Dolphins have Skylar Thompson playing. I honestly think years from now we're going to laugh at the Skylar Thompson game. Like, it'll be like a trivia question. Like, who was that guy that played in that playoff game against the Bills before they went to the Super Bowl that year? Who was Skylar something? I'm going with Buffalo. This one could be an absolute rout. Bills minus 13 and a half. All right, here comes the toughest one of the weekend. I don't know which side to take. I think the Vikings are going to win. They also only win close. So, like, there there is a case, and they usually you don't know, have this with such a close number. It wouldn't surprise me if the Vikings won but didn't cover. Like, a 22-20 game is certainly plausible here in this one. I'll take the Giants plus the three because I think that is a – more than realistic outcome that the Vikings win the game but actually don't cover a three-point number. I I just, they're too even. So when they're too even, I'm just going to take the points and and cross my fingers I have the right side. Giants plus the three, but I do think the Vikings find a way to win. Game number three, or game number five, I should say, the Bengals and the Ravens. I actually think this is trickier than, than maybe most people do. Not because I think, I don't think the Bengals have any chance to lose. Any. Like, I think the Bengals are going to win the game. And if I'm going to do a tease, I would tease the Bengals down to under a field goal um, because they're right now at minus 8.5 over at Fandle. But that Ravens defense is really, really good. And they just played them last week. And the Bengals have offensive line issues. And I do think Tyler Huntley is capable enough to get them to, I don't know, 16 points. And if they're at 16 and their defense holds Joe Burrow to 24, that's a cover right there. I'm going to take the Ravens. Plus eight and a half. I like the Bengals to win the game, but that's a lot of points against a defense that's been one of the best in the NFL over the past couple of months. I'll take the Ravens plus eight and a half. And then Monday Night Football. How could I not take Tom Brady getting points against a Cowboys team that's on its third straight road game that has a quarterback that is throwing interceptions at a ridiculous level, has a coach I can't believe in. They're on grass. They're one and four. I'm going with Tampa. I'll take the two and a half points. So my picks... Seahawks plus nine and a half. Chargers minus two and a half. Bills minus 13 and a half. Giants plus the three. Ravens plus the eight and a half. Bucks plus the two and a half. That means I'm on four of the six dogs this weekend to cover their numbers in the wild card round. Those are my picks. Now let's get to guess the takes here as we try to guess which takes will be out there on Monday. You know, when you turn on your TV on ESPN or FS1 or listen to WIP, the first one is that Lamar Jackson's done in Baltimore. I mean, some of, and, and this one's already kind of out there, but I think it's going to be like out there, out there. So some of the quotes that are out there right now about Lamar, it's unbelievable. I mean, Sammy Watkins, I mean, he may as well have just thrown him under the bus and then driven it back and forth. He used the, the, the phrase today, if he decides to play, as if this is a choice. Like when a player is hurt, and he can't run around on his knee. It's not a choice. It is a it's a fact. It's a reality. That's not the way his teammates see it. This seems like it's going to end in an ugly divorce between Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And then I was watching their hype video. You know, every team puts out like the social media hype video. The Eagles will have one next week. And it was all about how the time, the, 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 there's no time like the present. It's all about now. And there was a line in there last night in that hype video. And I'm, I'm telling you, I, I listened to it and I thought it was a shot at Lamar Jackson. It said something to the effect of, History does not look kindly on those who sit around idly and wait. Feels ugly. It feels like Lamar doesn't want to push it, and the team and the coach and the players know it. And I think it's going to be the story of next week, Lamar Jackson's time in in Baltimore. 
is over. Take number two you're going to hear early next week. And I'm not really going to buy this one. But, uh uh-oh, watch out for Tom Brady. He's back. You can't count out Tom Brady. I think they're going to beat the Cowboys because the Cowboys are frauds. I don't really think the Bucs are going to go to the Super Bowl again. I know know some people have have good numbers on the Bucs to win a Super Bowl, so they might be rooting for that. But I don't believe the Bucs can make a real run. I think they can win one game, but I think the uh watch out for Tom Brady stuff is going to be overhyped when we get to next week. And the third take you're going to hear early next week is that Brock Purdy is going to become the first rookie quarterback to win a Super Bowl. I mean, I think it's going to go from they can, they might, to they will. And I think he's going to get overhyped, and they're going to get overhyped. And um, and I don't believe with Brock Purdy they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. So Purdy hype reaches a peak. Everyone thinks Brady is about to go on another magical run. And the Lamar stuff truly, truly hits the fan. Those are the takes. Those are the picks for Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. All right, Tucker, let's put together a same-game parlay here. We do it every week. Now, we'll have a great one next weekend for the Eagles. I can't wait for that. But we don't have an Eagles game here, Tucker. Do you have a... um? Do you have a thought where we should go in? Any games you feel like we should hone we should in on one, one of the them? more competitive games? Okay, so we'll, we'll start with a competitive game, and then maybe we could pick some sort of prop from any other game with a same game parlay plus over at FanDuel Sportsbook. So, so we basically have three to choose from, right? The the, the shorter spreads: Chargers, Jags tomorrow night, Giants, Vikings on Sunday, or Cowboys, Bucks on Monday. What are you thinking? Doug, or are you thinking Giants-Vikings? I'm thinking Doug. Okay. Like, I don't need to get up for the Giants game. We're going to be up already for the Dallas-Tampa mm-hmm. Bay game. Give me a reason to watch Doug on Saturday night. Okay, so we have plenty of it because it's a short number, and we're about to make a same-game parlay for this game. So here's one that I like. You tell me if you're in on this. So uh, Austin Eckler has been one of the best receiving backs in the NFL, and the Jaguars struggle to stop receiving running backs. What do we think tomorrow night, Tucker, of a prop for Austin Eckler? We could go over 38 receiving yards, 38 and a half receiving yards for Austin Eckler. That feels doable. Yeah, I like that a lot. All right, let's do it. So we got an Austin Eckler over 38 and a half uh, receiving yards in the game. Do you have any thoughts on the side, the total, like the points, or Jaguars plus the points, Chargers minus? What are you thinking? So you know I'm not a big fan of Trevor Lawrence. Yes. I never have been dating back to his time at Clemson. But I saw something today that I I found astounding, and the number is undeniable. You know he's never lost a game on Saturday in his life, dating back to high school. He's undefeated on Saturdays. Are you now leaning Jaguars? I might be. I mean, the guy is Mr. Saturday. That's pretty crazy. I mean, so when were his losses with Clemson? Because they didn't go perfect. No, but like they lost in like the you know title game. That's usually right. on a Monday night, right. or the uh, if they lose in the semifinals. That you know, I think that was on what that was on a Monday this year too, or it, Friday. Yeah, right. Okay, so it was just different days of the year. Right. Or I mean, sometimes it was a Thursday. There's a random Thursday. Sometimes night. they have a Thursday night game or ACC, a Friday night game yeah. in the regular season. How about that? Undefeated on Saturday. All right. So I don't feel the same way about the game. So we need to find different props. But I I willing to do this. I could see – or how about we go with this? Do you think it's a close game? I do. I'm thinking that's a close game tomorrow night. I do too because I I don't really believe in, in either one of the quarterbacks all that much. Okay. I think it could be a very low-scoring close game. So I have an idea to kind of serve both sides of this. You think the Jaguars might win a close game. I think the Chargers might win a close game. What if we did an alternate spread in our same game parlay? What if we moved it up to Jaguars plus three and a half? So if my Chargers win by a field goal... Your Chargers? They're now my Chargers, yes. Uh, you still win your idea of Trevor Lawrence winning. I do like that. 
Okay, let's go the Chargers plus three and a half in the game. Uh, excuse me, minus three and a half in the game. So it still could be, um, I think it's relatively close. So we'll go Chargers plus three and a half along with the Eckler prop here. Uh, okay, so we're so. What do we think about the 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 weapons for the Jaguars? We think it's a Christian Kirk kind of game. He's been quite uh, productive most of this year. Engram, Zay Jones, or Travis Etienne. He's been very good for the uh, the Jaguars out of the backfield. Rushing, what's his number? Seventy eight and a half. Receiving sixteen. What do you think on Etienne tomorrow? I do like Etienne, and he's really good against teams that don't necessarily get a lot of penetration, which the Chargers do not. Um, on that defensive front, I like, if not for his over on rushing yards. A touchdown? Yeah, see, I would like to add his longest run because it's only 17 and a half. Like, he, he's a guy that can break one off, but mm-hmm. you can't put that in the same game parlay. Oh, let's go over 78 and a half. Let's say he has a big night. I do like that. Okay, so Travis Etienne over 78, 78 and a half yards rushing. We're going with the plus three and a half on the game on the alternate spread, and we also have the over for Eckler receiving yards. All right, let's go to some touchdowns here. What are our touchdown props in this game? So Eckler and ATN are the favorites. They're both minus money. I'm thinking, have you noticed that Justin Herbert is pretty uh, – he, he likes to share his touchdowns. When he throws it, it's not always to – Mike Williams is obviously hurt – or always to um, Keenan Allen. He'll throw it to anybody. Like whoever's on the field will get a touchdown from him. So I'm looking at Josh Palmer at 2-1, to one, who's probably the replacement tomorrow night for Mike Williams. Or what about a guy like Gerald Everett? He's thrown to him a, a decent amount of times this season. He's plus 310. Yeah, I like both of those. Josh Palmer, I think, averaged something like a nine or ten targets per game when Mike Williams was out earlier this season. He could have a big role in this offense. All right, so if we throw in the Josh Palmer. But he only one. has three touchdowns this season. What is so Everett that may have? be a point of trepidation. What does Everett have? Five or six, I'm guessing? Uh, I would imagine. I mean, it has to be more, right? It can't be less. He has four. Okay, let's go. But to be fair, no one on the Chargers has more than five. See, he shares, right? They, 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 Allen has four. Everett has four. Williams has four. Palmer and Carter have three. Okay, so I like the idea of going Gerald Everett tomorrow night. Anytime touchdown score. How about touchdowns for the Jaguars tomorrow night? Is it as simple as ETN? Do we look to somebody else? Kirk? Kirk was where he was throwing last week a couple times. I feel like, did he miss? Was it Kirk that he missed in the end zone, Trevor Lawrence? Uh, yes, he was wide open. Is, this, is it a Kirk week, or or do we think about a Trevor Lawrence anytime touchdown? Could he run one in himself? I could see that. I could see that, too. I mean, he's a guy, and I can say it because it's late and no one's paying attention. He reminds me a little bit of Carson Wentz. I see it. I can see him playing a little bit of hero ball in the red zone. All right, so if we if we play this out here, and I want to make sure, are we on the same page? Do we want the Chargers up to three and a half, or do we want the Jaguars up to three and a half? What do you think is the better play? Oh, I pick Chargers up to three and a half. Okay. I like that. That way, the, I think it's close. If you're, if you're right, the Jaguars win. I, I'll take the Chargers plus three and a half. So here's what we have. We actually have a pretty good parlay here. So if we go Eckler over 38 and a half yards receiving, we go the Chargers plus three and a half. We go ETN over 78 and a half yards rushing. Gerald Everett, Lawrence, anytime touchdown. We are now up to 10 bucks wins, $998.91. I like that. Now, do you want it? We have to throw in one more, right, from another game? Because we're going to go with the same game, Parlay Plus? Ah, uh, yes, I forgot about so that. So where part. do we want to go there? And Do you have a, a, a thought on a prop somewhere else across the NFL this weekend? 
I mean, I just like fading Miami and Skylar Thompson. If you think Skylar Thompson's going to do anything this week, I don't know what your thought is. But, you know, Skylar Thompson under .5 passing touchdowns is plus 162 right now. Oh, that's that's our play then. Like, are you kidding me? Under. All right, we're in. Our t- here's our parlay. Eckler over 38.5 yards receiving. Chargers plus the three and a half. We did an alternate spread. Travis Etienne over 78 and a half yards receiving. Gerald Everett, Trevor Lawrence to score. And we're going with the under half passing touchdown for Skylar Thompson. He has one passing touchdown in 105 attempts this year. All right. Our sixth leg. Same game parlay plus. Are you ready for this one? We've never had one to this level. Ten bucks wins you $2,633.35. Yeah, I might only put five on this one. So, FanDuel has a, a, a special this weekend. If you if you do twenty dollars in these kind of same game parlay plus is cumulative, you get yourself uh, they give you ten bucks back. So I'm ten dollars away, Tucker, from from reaching like that level. Yeah, I already locked it in at ten dollars. Yeah, so you I'm convinced in. me. It's all right. So so we'll have combined what like five thousand two hundred dollars or something next week. Yeah, I mean, if we don't show up to work on Monday, you'll know why. You, uh, it's also a holiday, but you'll know why. All right, so we did that. There it is, Same Game Parlay Plus over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Check it out. That I mean, every time we make these, and they're usually, I mean, they usually don't hit. These are hard to hit. We did hit them on the Giants uh, game about five weeks ago. I always look at them at 848 on a Friday night and say, like, how does this go wrong? Every time we do it. Yeah, and there are some, like, I had a Sixers parlay last night that didn't hit because they lost by 20 to a... Thunder team that had no business beating them by 20, but at like 645, I felt, you know what? There's no way this doesn't hit. I should have put 20 on it instead of 10. <laughs> That's the best guides. All right. Before we uh, we hand it off to Boomer Valenti on this Friday night, let's try to play this out and guess next weekend across the NFL. All right. So I'll um I'll go first, and then Tucker, you could go. I mean, if we have so these... we have four windows, right? We have 430 and 830 on Saturday and, then... and 3 and 630. On Sunday? Yes, 4.30, 3, and 6. So let's go with that. And then I'll go first, and we obviously might have different matchups unless we have the exact same winners. I think we do. Okay. So that's going to impact things. I think the matchups certainly, that, that's always going to impact things. So so here is my my best guess for next weekend. I'm going to go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this all down. So we have, we'll go that. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to end up in that, I think the Eagles are going to end up in the 3 o'clock window on Sunday afternoon next week. Okay, so then we have AFC-NFC. It would be AFC-NFC again. I think they'll split it up. Okay, here's where I'm going. Saturday, 4.30. I think we are getting a division around weekend. The Minnesota Vikings at the San Francisco 49ers. First game of division around weekend. Vikings at the 49ers. I'm going next Saturday night. In Kansas City, the Chiefs at the the um, excuse me the Chargers at the Chiefs divisional matchup. Chargers upset the Jack or not upset, but they went on the road in Jacksonville and they go to play the Chiefs, the one seed, next Saturday night. So NFC two verse three, AFC one verse four. Sunday afternoon next weekend, Bucks at the Eagles. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers come here to play the Eagles, the four versus the one. And then next Sunday, primetime, the last game of Division Around Weekend, DeMar Hamlin comes out of the tunnel. Everyone in Buffalo loses their mind. And it's it's basically the game that has been on hold for the better part of three weeks. The Bengals at the Bills. So I go Vikings-Niners to start it off. Chargers-Chiefs Saturday night. 
Bucks Eagles 3 o'clock window on Sunday on Fox, and then the Bills and the Bengals next Sunday night. That's my guess for Division Round Weekend with the Times. Yeah, so mine's a little different based on matchups, and I also think maybe they want to put one of each conference in primetime, right? Like yeah. the way you have it, both AFC teams, and mm-hmm. the the way it's set up, I think those are two of the most compelling matchups, but I agree with you, Minnesota at San Francisco to open up the weekend just because that seems to be the game with the least amount of juice, right? That's Tennessee at Cincinnati, yeah. the, the way it was uh, last year. Last year, I have Buffalo at Cincinnati Saturday night. I think that's the big primetime moment. That's when the Chiefs and the Bills played last year. Or did they play on So Sunday? they were the Sunday 6 last year. Okay, so that was the 49ers um Packers. Packers. Game. It was the, yeah, exactly. That was that was Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I, I just I I think if I had to pick one, I, I would put them there and also because I have Dallas moving on, they can't play Monday into Saturday. Right. Right? They, so they would have, they to, have play to play Sunday. Sunday. I have Chargers Chiefs at three o'clock, and then because it's Eagles Cowboys, I think that has to be prime time, doesn't it? Like, I agree with you. I think Buffalo Cincinnati remains the most compelling matchup, but Eagles Cowboys do a lot more for me than Chargers at Chiefs or Vikings at uh, San Francisco. So we get the final game of division round weekend. Yeah, like I, I think that game should be in prime time, and the way the schedule works out with Dallas coming off Monday Night Football. I think they would give them that extra day so they play on Sunday and not Saturday. That's that's interesting. Do we know um, next weekend if it's just Fox and CBS or does someone else sneak in there? I think someone else gets one, one of the primetime games. Okay. Oh, right. Um, so this weekend, uh, you know, you, you realize who's back tomorrow night doing a game for NBC? They loaned Al Michaels back for tomorrow night. Did you see what he said about Thursday Night Football? I didn't. He, uh, he said, I think someone asked him, he said the games were terrible. There's only so much I can do when you're trying to sell a 20-year-old Mazda. Wow. Yeah, that's not great. Uh, but how about that? He's back. He's on NBC tomorrow. I think he's at, I believe Al Michaels will be broadcasting the Chargers-Jaguars game tomorrow night. And then Poor Mike Tirico. Uh, well, I guess, but they also have the Sunday game. I think that's why. There's two of but them. But does Collinsworth do both? Oh, I can't imagine he's doing both. I, I mean, maybe he is. I don't know. I guess we'll find out when we turn the TV on tomorrow night. But I know, I know, Michaels is at one of those games, and I think he's at the Jaguars game. All right, fun show back next week, and we'll know by then who the Eagles are playing. Hopefully, more good news on Jalen Hurts as the uh, shoulder mends here before the biggest game of his life in an Eagles uniform. You guys have a great night. Boomer and Valenti is next, and then TK at ten. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend across the NFL. We'll talk next week on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 